0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday date. After the Pelicans end their six game losing streak with an overtime victory over the Dallas Mavericks. We'll take a look at that game recap, what you might have missed in that one. And a couple of interesting things go on, some statistical quirks, a little bit, if you want to look at it like that. Then we've got to talk about Alfred Payton, who's been playing some excellent basketball for the Pelicans over the past five games. He continued his triple-double streak last night. We'll look at how he's been doing this, how he's been facilitating this offense, making it work to keep the Pelicans going as they kind of hit the final 10 games. Of the regular season for them. And then we'll catch up on all things around the association uh, towards the end there as we gear up for a game tomorrow. So let's do it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So it was another overtime game for the Pelicans. However, this one went better than the one against the Phoenix Suns. The opposite of a complete meltdown maybe happened in this one as the Pelicans scored a 129 125 victory over the Dallas Mavericks, a game that does have standings implications on the tanking side of things, but also one that I think are a little bit overblown, and I'm not really worried about this team winning a couple of games here and there and hurting their draft stock, because one, I don't really think they're going to have much of a chance of jumping up, and two, in a weaker draft, who really is there a big difference between picking six and ten if this is loaded for the top three, and then after that, it gets a little bit dicey? Maybe that becomes a little bit more clear as we start to hit the draft evaluation stage. But right now, it doesn't really matter. And sometimes it's just not worth being miserable and watching horrific basketball to kind of get to that point. And you saw some fun basketball last night with this team really trying hard in overtime. But the Pelicans first got down big. They were down by as many as 12 in the first half. But a big third quarter really put them on the direction and kind of getting back in this game. It started with the turnovers. They had just two in the third period. Cut down on that, played smarter, better basketball, and that's really what got them in. They passed the ball, gave up a good shot for a better shot, and that's how you saw them kind of creep back into this one. They also played fast, getting 20 points in the fast break, 16 points off turnovers, doing what they want to do. They also really attacked the offensive glass, 21 second-chance points, and route to fifty-eight points in the paint. We're gonna save Alfred Payton, who did put up his third, or his fifth straight triple-double for the next segment to really talk about that. He was pretty good in this one. So let's look at the other guys first. You had a starting lineup of Anthony Davis back in there. He was eight of eleven for twenty points on the night. Finished with five assists, six rebounds. Was just kind of efficient minutes out there, which we know he's capable of doing. And basically like the 21 that he's uh, stapled to play. Julius Randle getting the start up there next to, alongside him as well. Getting 34 minutes. Another 30-point performance, nine rebounds, four assists. He closed the game out for the Pelicans. You know, what we talked a little bit yesterday about whether we kind of like him or not but he scored I think it was like eight straight or nine straight for New Orleans in the fourth quarter that really kind of got them right back into this add in an Alfred Payton three after that a Kenrich steal and that's how you end up with this game in overtime so guys coming up with big plays to extend the game get it to overtime where they were able to win so 30 points for him I think it's his eighth uh, 30 point, 30 plus point game of the season. He's had two his entire career before that. He was 14 and 24 from the field. There wasn't like a ton you hated about him in this game, just one turnover, whereas that had been a problem somewhat recently. Kenrich Williams was three of 10 from the field, two of eight from deep. Again, that shot's not falling like it was, but he came back up with the rebound, something we haven't seen a ton of from him over the past couple of weeks. He had 11 on the night, finished with eight points as well, including three assists and three steals. All those little things that you need to do to have a guy do to win games, and head coach Alvin Gentry said as much after the game, saying he doesn't really show up in the stat sheet, but the plays he makes, whether it's getting a key defensive rebound to end a possession, a steal that forces a turnover and leads to a fast break, are so important to this team and what they want to do that it can't really be kind of understated um, whatsoever. Frank Jackson had another double-digit performance. I think this is the seventh straight for him. 19 points on the night. You saw the assist numbers creep up a little bit. Four for him. Two rebounds as well. A steal and a block. He was three of four from the line. Two of six from deep. Seven of 17 overall from the field. So again, seven straight uh, Double-digit scoring efforts. He, though, interestingly enough, hit maybe the game winner or the shot that iced it in overtime. Up five or up four. I forget what the exact total was. He hit a big three that basically sealed the game for New Orleans. The young guy coming up in a big moment. Really nice to see. Okafor in this one got about seven minutes, two points. Darius Miller, ten points off the bench. Ian Clark uh, got hot early before not really getting much playing time later on. Ten points for him. Check Diallo with eight points as well. You're seeing kind of some of the more younger, unproven guys really get minutes now. We'll talk about that a little bit in the third segment as well. Really interesting to note, though, if you didn't watch this one, was the lineup in overtime. And basically, it was Alfred Payton, three second-round picks, and an undrafted Kenrich Williams going out there and winning this game. It's against the Dallas Mavericks, who have a worse record than the New Orleans Pelicans do uh, by uh, three less wins. But still... That's a pretty impressive thing to see. Alfred Payton, again, by the way, triple-double all night, 19 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. We'll talk more about him coming up in just a moment. But you had him, Kenrich Williams, who was undrafted, uh, Frank Jackson, Darius Miller out there basically to close out this game alongside Cech Diallo. That is an interesting five-man group to go out and win you a game, whether it's the Pelicans trying to tank by tossing that lineup out there or just seeing what the young, energetic guys who have a lot to prove and who are hungry can do. It got the team the victory. And you saw, no, Julius Randle despite a 30-point game in there. Alvin Gentry said after the game, his Achilles and hamstring were feeling tight. They don't want to risk injury. You've got to wonder if that means they're going to start reducing his minutes now, as there's only 10, 9 games left to play in this Pelican season. Other things of note from this game, Luka Doncic had a triple-double, not a great shooting night for him. You're seeing that kind of go away a little bit, maybe opening the door to make the Rookie of the Year race a little bit more interesting. He was 10-26 of from the field, that's sub-40%, for 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and 29 points. Still very good, but he's starting to hit that rookie wall just a little bit. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki needed four points in this one to move up the all-time scoring list, And he got it eight points on the night for him. That puts him at sixth all-time passing. Wilt Chamberlain, pretty cool thing for him. And what we all kind of assume is his final season. So before we get to Alfred Payton and looking at the triple-double streak he's on, the names that it puts him with, did you guys know you can fill out a NCAA tournament bracket on DraftKings this year? That's right, DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tournament. You know you do. You may as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, ever DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes whether you want Duke and Zion Williamson to win Kentucky to make a run given the ties they have to New Orleans or are you looking for LSU to make a big push in the wake uh, in the in the in the wake of the Will Wade scandal you know wh- you know how it works and that's all you need so Before tip off of the very first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. That's all there is to it. The best part is you can play for free with the code DRIBBLE, D-R-I-B-B-L-E. The code is DRIBBLE. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends and compete for bragging rights. So download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use the code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. Free money is on the table for you all. That's code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle for free only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So Alfred Payton last night continued his triple-double streak, maybe one of the weirder ones in the league that we've kind of almost ever seen, where he's got now his fifth straight, joining Michael Jordan Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Russell Westbrook in the history books. That's a pretty good company to be in right there. Jordan uh, Robertson, Chamberlain, Westbrook. He also has tied Chris Paul, per Pelicans' PR, for the most triple-doubles in a season with six. I think he had one on opening night, and he's come close a couple of times. Payton hadn't been too enthused about this streak going into tonight's game, given that four of those five on this streak had come in losses. And so, does it really matter, he kind of said, and I'd say yeah, it does, even though I think we put kind of an over-importance on triple-doubles and these weird kind of statistical things, it's still pretty impressive and means you're doing something right. So, I wanted to take a look at Alfred Payton over these past five games. So, some of the basic numbers here. He's averaging in just over a shade over 36 minutes per game, 15.6 points per game grabbing 10 rebounds and 12.8 assists over those five games of 12.8 assists lead the league during that stretch straight up he's just been good only 2.4 turnovers he's also grabbing a steal during this Just not a lot that you really want to complain about. Maybe, maybe the field goal percentage, right at 42%, you'd like to see him shoot better. Basically, he's going 5 of 12 from the field on any given night. Not ideal there, but it's been okay, and his three-point shooting's been a little bit better. So how's he doing this? How's he grabbing the rebounds, the assists, and the points? And Let's start looking at the points first. And his shot chart, and when you watch him play, is hyper-efficient. Coming into the season, Alvin Gentry touted that he gets to the rim a lot and very easily. Um, better than anyone else not named Russell Westbrook. Again, good company to be in when it comes to scoring or living at the rim. Something that he is very capable of doing. Well, basically, during this stretch, he's taking one mid-range shot. They're either all in the paint, primarily at the, in, at the rim in the restricted area, Or from three. And he's shooting over 36% from three during this stretch, this five-game period. That's good. There's just no other way to put it. He's not taking bad shots. He's being more efficient with it. It's making him just a better player. and also helps the team a little bit. Instead of living at mid-range, he's trying to live at the rim, which leads to more kick-out passes and other opportunities for him to really go out there and score. And you're seeing that um, start to come through during this time. Next up, let's look at the rebounding. This is also important. Not usually the most important skill set for guard, but for the Pelicans who have just maintained, a, you know, a competitive style of play during this run, this has been important. He's grabbing 12 per game. Part of this helps that Anthony Davis isn't out there. You're not seeing Julius Randle finish games um, always for the Pelicans. didn't play in overtime last night. And you're seeing Alfred Payton get some of the opportunities to grab those boards. Um, he needed two going into overtime. Got him. Also probably helps, again, that Randle and Davis aren't out there. So that's an important aspect of this, and keep that in mind a little bit. I don't know if these numbers are all going to be sustainable throughout you know, a whole season, these high, high rebounding numbers that he's getting. But it's been good. And the other thing is, He's doing it by grabbing offensive rebounds as well. He's getting three, so missing his own shot, putting it back, or others missing the shot, and him just being active and around there and is able to get that offensive rebound, grabbing nine defensive boards. And those are the interesting ones, too, because during this stretch, the Pelicans are playing with the fastest pace in the league. And again, it's one of those things where it's not even close. It's a 107.33 pace. Next close is the Milwaukee Bucks, 105.6. So they're close to two possessions per game faster or per yeah per game than other teams are that's quick you do that by getting boards and going. And for the Pelicans who have struggled offensively during the stretch without Anthony Davis, really, the, getting easy points in the fast break in transition is the way to do it. And you're seeing Alfred Payton lead that by grabbing these boards. He's getting some in close because we know where he likes to be at the rim, but also those long rebounds off opponent shots that he's able to corral with his good size. He can get out there and run, and he's doing that. And then that factors into the next part of this, which is the assist numbers, which Alfred Payton is leading the league in over the past five games, almost 13 per game. Part of this is we've seen the assist numbers for the Pelicans come up since the Anthony Davis trade request because Davis isn't out there as much. So you need to work the ball around to get a good shot because you don't have kind of your go-to score. You're just passing the ball more because of it. You don't have that guy that you just get it to. You back off, let him cook. So that's going to lead to more assists, simple And then Alfred Payton, being the point guard, is going to kind of be the one that's the primary beneficiary of that. But he can play in transition like that. He can make the right pass. And you're seeing that. He attacks the rim. He kicks out to shooters in the corners or on the perimeter. Or dumps the ball off to a guy like Julius Randle, who's been living down low. And that's what you're seeing this team get. So it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. Him getting those rebounds leads to points and assists for him. And he's doing it incredibly well. Again, you don't just get accidentally put in the company of Oscar Robertson, Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Russell Westbrook. It's not just a fluke thing that happens. And he's playing particularly well, and he deserves it. This is going to give him a serious look at being here next year, and it's probably earning him more money than he would have been getting otherwise. It'll be curious to see what his future contract might be. You know, Do you feel comfortable with three for 18, six million a year? Or has he potentially earned more than that? But we'll see. The point, the, the market for point guards often isn't exactly there unless you're one of the elite guys. So we'll see, think it remains to be seen exactly what he'll be getting yet. But three for 15, three for 18, that kind of sounds good to me given his play. And the fact that he also really does want to be here in New Orleans. That Sometimes for free agents is a very big factor here when you're in a small market. So still, lots of big news for the Saints during free agency here in the NFL. And my man, Ross Jackson, over the Locked on Saints podcast, breaking it all down for you guys Monday through Friday, giving you the instant reaction that you're not getting anywhere else on the latest moves for your New Orleans Saints. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked on Saints podcast. So people are gonna look at the game last night and be disappointed that the team didn't lose, didn't help themselves in the standing in the, in the reverse standings, I guess, whatever you wanna call it, the tanking standings. And I'm saying it's okay. New Orleans now sits at ninth after that. In the tanking race, Dallas is there tied with Memphis for six. So that was a big drop of two spots for New Orleans from seven to nine, basically decreasing their chances of a top four pick by 14.2%. Not Ideal, I guess, if that's what you're hoping for, but at the same point, again, it's still a long shot to kind of jump up there. The Pelicans now have a 20.3% chance if the season ended today. The top four, basically one in five versus a quarter of the time or more than that, almost a third of the time that you would jump up. No real big deal because we've seen it shake out where it's chalk most of the time. And a win like this is pretty important. Frank Jackson hitting that big shot in overtime, gaining that confidence in knowing he has that green light to just go out and do those kind of things and figure out what's working for him, I think is huge. Kenrich Williams being out there, able to make these plays that he's making, those little kind of gluey type things for the team, really important. Alfred Payton kind of growing into that point guard role, just a little bit more, playing better than he's ever played in his career. For his future, that's huge. Some of these younger guys, Diallo getting cr- you know minutes that matter and not it being garbage time, which has kind of inflated some of his numbers over the past month or so. Really big to get quality minutes like that. Darius Miller, who may or may not be on this team next year, getting minutes to figure out if he's a rotation piece and to just kind of be himself is also important. And just the team learning how to win and be professionals with so many young guys seeing an increase in minutes for the first time in their career, massively important. There's still a lot to play for, even though the season is basically almost done because the Pelicans are on the verge of being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So, I'm curious to see if there's a bit of a shift here. With Julius Randle being held out of overtime, which maybe is an obvious tanking move or not, I don't really know. You know, you've got to wonder if maybe he'll start to be shut down a little bit more. He's potentially playing for a next contract too, so he's got a lot on the line. It sounds like we're not really going to be seeing Drew Holiday or each one more the rest of the year. So, do things really shift and they go full-on youth movement? And just playing these young guys tons and tons of minutes while giving the minutes out to that they basically have to. Anthony Davis, maybe Julius Randle. But if there's any sort of slight injury or someone's feeling tight, anything like that, they're going to be shut down. Which is good because the Pelicans for a long time, right after the Anthony Davis trade, were in a weird spot. Drew Holiday wanted to hit his incentives. He wanted to play. Julius Randle's coming up for that contract. He wanted to get significantly more minutes. Now... You don't really need that as much. I think things are starting to really be solidified, really be set, and they can just go out and do this and try hard and play. And sometimes that's kind of all you want to see as a fan. And I think that's one of the reasons why fans have kind of really come around on this team in the wake of the news of Anthony Davis. So we're going to see how it goes. I'm going to be curious for their upcoming game on Wednesday at Orlando. Does the... Things, do things change? Does Julius Randle sit out if he had some tightness, or is it going to be back to business as usual? What do we want to see over these final 10 games, which is really just these young guys going out and playing hard and doing good things, and I think that would make everybody happy. And given that, again, they're still young guys, and there's still not a ton of talent on the team, it's going to lead to some losses as well. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.